You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday for worship at 8.30 or 10.45. Find out more at asburybosier.org. Let us hear the word of the Lord. This is such a, such a feel-good story. John said to the crowd that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, Well, we have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones right here to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the tree. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown onto the fire. And the crowds asked him, Well, then what do we do? In reply, he said to them, Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none. And whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? He said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed to you. Soldiers also asked him, And what should we do? He said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation, and be satisfied with your wages. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the throng of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now, when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened up, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So John the Baptist, um, super nice guy, cuddly, loves warm hugs, you know. Uh, John John the Baptist uh, is a bit of a firebrand. Uh, in our story. He's out there in the wilderness, uh, and he is baptizing, uh, baptizing people, and he really, he really has the crowd ready. I mean, he, he looks at them, and he gives them a warning. You brood of vipers, right? Imagine if that was our greeting. Normally, I say, I greet you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Welcome to Asbury. Imagine, you brood of vipers, welcome to Asbury. Uh, United Methodist Church, we're so glad that you're here. Nevertheless, John is out there with the crowd. You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? But then he says, Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Bear fruit worthy of repentance. It's interesting to see what matters to John the Baptist, John the Baptizer. He asks none of them uh, to see how many Bible studies they've been to. He asks none of them to see how many small groups they've been to, if they're tithers to the synagogue. When he tells them to bear fruit of repentance... They ask him, okay, what are we supposed to do? So John says, well, if you have more than one coat, you must give your coat to someone who doesn't have one. He doesn't say say maybe. 
He doesn't say, it'd be a really good idea and charitable for you to do it. He goes, if you have two coats, you must give one away to someone who doesn't have one. Then he goes on. It says, even the tax collectors were there to be baptized. What, what should we do? He goes, don't take any more money than what is prescribed to you. Stop taking money from people that isn't yours. And then the soldiers, they asked too, what are we supposed to do? He goes, do not extort by either threats or falsehood. Stop trying to get what you want by either threatening or holding things hostage or lying to people. Stop it. For John, he doesn't ask any of them what their doctrine is. He doesn't ask anyone, what church do you eventually want to be a part of? He goes, do these things. Bear fruit worthy of the gift of repentance. If you have more than you need, give the rest away. And that's where John's sermon ends. There's not a lot of theology. There's not a lot of classes to attend. It's if you have two coats, you must give one away. And then you are bearing fruit worthy of repentance. So the people then were filled with expectation, like what's going to happen now? And it says that they were all baptized. And Jesus also, Jesus also being baptized. When they were baptized, three things happened. Um, They heard a voice that said, you are my beloved son. And then the voice continued and said, I am pleased with you. And then they saw a picture of a dove, or a dove, the Holy Spirit made manifest in a dove and resting with Jesus. This um, theophany, which is a big fancy word for an experience of the divine, an experience of God, this theophany sets the tone for what this whole thing is about. So we have this voice from heaven. This voice from heaven says, you are my son. This is to remind us of the second psalm. Psalm number two. And it goes like this. And you can see why um, this probably was one of John the Baptizer's favorite psalms. You can see how after I read it, he kind of leans into psalm number two. This is the second psalm. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth shall set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds asunder and cast their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs, and the Lord has them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with the rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear, with trembling. Kiss his feet, or he will be angry, and you will perish in the way from his wrath is quickly kindled. Uh, Happy are those who take refuge in him. Um, I just think that last line is funny. Do you not? I mean, it's just, just and, and, and happy are those uh, who take refuge. You can see how John the baptizer, who says the axe is laid at the foot of the tree, John the baptizer who looked at a group of Jews and says, don't claim Abraham as your father. Don't begin to say that Abraham is your father. Don't begin to say that you somehow should have special treatment because of your ethnicity. 
don't begin to say you should have special treatment because of where you were born or who your parents are. Don't begin to say that you should have special treatment whether or not you were born on this side of the wall or that side of the wall in Bethlehem that separates Israel from Palestine. Don't begin to say that you claim Abraham as your ancestor. God can make ancestors of Abraham from these rocks right here. John the Baptist, who has the confidence to say that, leans into this kind of psalm. And if, if the voice from heaven we heard, if the voice from heaven we heard only said that, you are my beloved son, full stop, then Psalm 2 is what we're left with for the context of what's happening here. But that the voice continues. The voice continues. You are my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. With whom I am well pleased reminds us of Isaiah chapter 42, verses 1 through 4. Now, Isaiah 42, 1 through 4. Here is my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights, or with whom I am well pleased. This voice from heaven is to remind us of this psalm as well. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his teaching. It doesn't say that he won't be crushed. It says he won't be crushed until he enacts justice in the earth. What kind of justice is this that this uh, psalm is referring to? In the Old Testament, justice, it's a word, uh, God's justice is a word, mizpat, which means a lifting up of the lowly. Justice in the Old Testament does not mean equality. It means to lift up the lowly. Mizpat. This is the kind of justice when it says justice in the Old Testament. So we both have this kind of firebrand of a Psalm number two that talks about Jesus' power and Jesus' authority, but also, you are my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. There's more to the story. There's also this one upon whom the Spirit has anointed, the one who brings about justice, the one who will not be crushed until this justice takes place. And then we see the symbol of of the dove. It's kind of part number three of what's happening here. Uh, It's interesting that it's a dove. Uh, It didn't have to be. Uh, The symbol of the Roman Empire was an eagle. It could have been an eagle that descended upon Jesus, which meant he would be a Caesar-like figure, a king of the world. But it was a dove that descended. It's a bit subversive to call our attention to this, Because a dove is a symbol of God's promise, specifically God's promise of life. It was not a raven who brought back the owl, uh, uh, the owl, uh, (laughs) the olive branch from the ark. It was the dove. It's a symbol of God's promise, specifically a symbol of God's promise of life. So we have a king who will lift up the lowly so that we might have life and life eternal. That's what's happening during this baptism. Later in ministry, um, in, the, in the Gospel of John, or the Gospel of Luke, rather, um, John seems confused or perturbed. Or at least, Jesus doesn't seem nearly as angry as John thought he should be. Again, John has the axe laying at the foot of the tree. You brood of vipers. And we know this because in, in, in Luke chapter 7, 
John has been arrested. John the baptizer has been arrested. And when you're, again, when you're dealing with a, a, a tyrant like Herod uh, and you start saying these things like don't extort, don't lie, uh, don't take more than you need, don't abuse the people, uh, when you're dealing with a tyrant, you're going to lose your head. And that's exactly what happened to John the Baptist. He was arrested because he spoke truth to power and they literally chopped his head off. But before then, he was sitting in jail and he sent messengers to Jesus asking, Jesus, are you the one? It's one of those questions where you just have to let it sit. This great prophet of God, the Elijah of the New Testament, asking Jesus just before his death, Jesus, are, are you the one? You don't nearly seem as angry as I thought you were going to be. And uh, Instead of chopping down things, you, you're building them up. You're, you're binding up the broken pieces and you're letting outcasts in and you're, are, are you the one? So John tells uh, these disciples of John, he answered them, go and tell John what you have seen and what you have heard. The, bi- the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have good news brought to them, and blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. Some, for some, Jesus was not nearly the Messiah that they wanted. <laughs> and when John, followers of John ask him, are you the one? He goes, just tell them what you've seen. Just tell them what you've seen. And Jesus isn't making this up. He's calling attention to Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 through 3, which goes like this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me, he has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them, I love this, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit, They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. In other words, Jesus is saying, this is the Messiah that I was called to be. So what are we supposed to do? (laughs) Imagine yourself at this crowd. Uh, The the, the soldiers asked, uh, the tax collectors asked, uh, the group asked that was there. What are we supposed to do? We are supposed to bear fruit worthy of the one whom we call Lord. We are to bear fruit worthy of the one who opened the eyes of the blind. We are to bear fruit worthy of the one who let the oppressed go free. We are to bear fruit of the one who made the lame to leap. We are to bear fruit worthy of the one who announced good news to the poor. We are called to bear fruit worthy of the one who proclaimed the year of the Lord's favor. Yes, the king who makes the nations tremble. Also the one who's filled with righteousness and enacts God's justice. Also the one who offers us the life of God. And the one 
the one who offers us eternal life, the one that a tomb couldn't even, <laughs> couldn't even hold. What a question. Are you the one, Jesus? When was the last time in your own walk you asked that same question? Just in your own spiritual journey. Jesus, I need to have a conversation with you. Are you the one? And what fruit am I bearing to answer that question? Oh, don't you love a sermon on John the Baptist? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and most loving God, we ask for your spirit to be upon us and to rest among us so that we might bear fruit worthy of repentance, so that we might bear fruit worthy of the one who we call Messiah, the one who offers good news and release, binds up the brokenhearted, the one who went to both sides of the Sea of Galilee, the one who spoke truth to power and offered himself so that we might have life. Help us to offer fruit worthy of that calling. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.